We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk, up and running once again. I'm Sean Styers. I am joined by Jesse Styers tonight. This is probably the as close to a completely on-time start as we have had in a while. Uh, I was kind of, uh, when, I, when I logged in, I was looking at our live YouTube chat, and it has just been going crazy here for a little bit, so... Uh, so are you ready, Jesse? Are you ready to jump right into this and, and get going? Yeah, I mean, I'm always excited. It seems like everyone else is excited today, and starting on time is never an issue. So <laughs> the sooner the better. That's right. That's right. We've got a lot of stuff we're going to get to today. 18 days to go until Notre Dame opens up the season at Ohio State. We've got some home kickoff times and channel assignments for the season for NBC. We've got some uh, some news for, uh, you know, regarding a, a report anyway that came out today regarding Notre Dame, NBC, the TV contract and all that. And I've seen some people um, in, uh, in the YouTube chat already talking about that. And uh, you've got a fan, Tommy Guns 44. Go Windians! You're going to the... Uh, the game tonight. Who, who did you say they're playing? You, I, I don't. I can't remember already who you told me they're playing tonight. Playing Detroit, so nothing incredible. Detroit, that's right. But yeah, I'll be going to that as soon as this gets over. About ten minutes from the stadium, park right in, and hopefully just miss just about the first inning. And and uh, the the Indians, or sorry, the Guardians. Wow, have on been on a, a winning streak recently. They haven't lost a series in close to like a month and a half. So they're rolling. They're, they're rolling. rolling. One of the youngest teams, too. They're just fun to watch. Yep, that's for sure. So uh, you'll be heading off to that tonight. We'll try not to make you too late for that anyway. But um, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and get the formalities out of the way. Smash the like button, rate, review, like, subscribe, all that great stuff. Because you know by now that it helps out the Irish Breakdown channels. Uh, I wanted to start with something a little bit different today. And, um, you know, last night was the series finale of Better Call Saul, one of my favorite shows. And, you know, so series finale, not just season finale, it's it's over. It's done. It's not coming back anymore. No spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything here, as always. But there was a little time travel theme that came up in last night's show. And now nobody actually traveled back in time or anything like that, but Saul slash Jimmy, slash Gene, I guess Jimmy Jean's, Jimmy Saul Gene, however way you want to look at it, he asked a couple different people 
the same question in the episode. If you had a time machine and you could go back in time and change anything you wanted, what would it be? So we're just going to tweak it a little bit tonight to suit our needs instead of changing anything and uh drunk v- <laughs> drunk vigo yeah vigo i don't know where you've been saul is over he he asks, he says saul is over but of course in the streaming world it lives on you'll be able to find it you know whenever you want i i did a uh, a full rewatch of the series in between you know in the last two years since it has been on the air and so yeah it's uh it's over um edited who uh, we saw chime in a little bit last night. He says he's still on season two. Again, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. All I'm saying is Time Machine came up. So, you know, a month from now or whatever, if you're powering through and, you know, you're doing the binge watch, Time Machine's going to come up in the end. I'm not going to tell you, you know, anything more. But our question today, if you could go back in time and change any Notre Dame-related sports moment, what would you change? I was originally just going to keep it to the last 20 years or so, but I figured, what the heck? Let's just open it up. I, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, how passionate maybe people are for stuff 30 years ago or you know, just 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it happened to be. So we'll just we'll just open it up to whatever. So Jesse, I'll start with you, and then I'll uh I'll kind of look through the YouTube. Uh, scroll there, and I, I've, I've seen a few uh, answers already. If you had a time machine, you could go back in time, change any Notre Dame-related sports moment, what would it be? What are you going to go with? You know, for me, it came down to two options. I've, I've thought about both of them a lot. First would be the 2005 uh, Bush push against USC. I was at that game. It was a great game. You know, that gave them their second loss of the year and, and you know, knocked them out of probably national championship. That was a BCS era, uh, you know, the opportunity to go to the national championship. Had they won that game and beat number one USC at the time, you know, that was kind of the peak of the rivalry. USC was really good. Notre Dame was really good. They were consistently good playing each other uh, every year. So to see them win that game, being at that game uh, and, you know, having my heart broken as a, as a young child, that was not fun. Uh, so I think that would be option one. And then option two came to uh, the 2012 national championship against Alabama. I think anytime you can win a national championship, especially in my lifetime, I, I was around a junior, senior in high school at that time. So and that was like the, per, you know, the perfect season. And obviously, I don't know how they would have done it. I don't know if it was even possible with that Alabama roster and everyone. You know, they had a great defense. They had a lot of offensive power. I don't know how they win that game, but I think that was that would be option two for what I would change. And going between the two, I'd have to go with option two, just because, like I said, you you want the national championship. That was the national championship game. Um, that's true. So I think I think that's it for me. The 2012 national championship game, another game I was at. That one wasn't fun because you know you got you just got absolutely spanked in person. You spent a lot of time and effort to get down there. Luckily, <laughs> you know the experience and who I was with, the friends made it worth it. So unfortunately, watching them get beat like that was not fun but i i would have to go with my time travel machine of going back and, and getting that national championship win somehow we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. When I think of you on that trip, the first thing that I think of is you guys drove down to Miami for one thing. I flew down like a sane person from, you know, <laughs> South Bend. But uh, so you you drove down in a car and you've got what, four people in the car, if I remember right? Where was it? Five. Five. Five total. Five people in the car. And you did a circle all the way around Indianapolis because... <laughs> the driver, not you, the driver, though, missed an exit and you just circled all the way. Around. Did you circle twice, basically, by the time it was all said and done? It was a lot of wasted time. A lot of circles <laughs> were completed. Um, yeah, so we, we missed the exit or the driver missed the exit and then it didn't click until kind of like halfway around uh -huh. the revolution of the circle. And then at that point, you, there was just you had to you just had to keep going to hopefully, you know, <laughs> get it the second time around. But yeah, it was it made that, that trip even longer. Um, it, it, we were in a, a sedan. So like we were, we were packed in, you know, three in the back, one in the front, there were no empty seats, uh, all the, all the luggage that was packed. And then you know, obviously the more miserable part was driving back home after, after Ugh. spending all that time and the Ugh. performance to get down there. So no kidding. I, I really wish I could change that game. I, like I said, I don't know how, because there are so many studs on that Alabama team. Like, that's what's so hard to fathom in a lot of these national championships is like who is going to beat Alabama and two like how like who's even gonna get close like it, it was yeah. a lot of dominance in those national championships. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're taking the two 2012 national championship game. I'm going back a little bit farther, and I I kind of bounced around on a few different things. Like you know, would you change the Bush push for example? We've got some people who said they would change. The Bush Bush. I don't know that it really, you know, it would have been great to actually win that game instead of, as Charlie Weiss has said, you know, to be the to always be the losing coach in one of the greatest games that you've ever seen, you know, so it would be nice from that aspect. I don't know that it, you know, changes a lot, you know, beyond, you know, they just they just win that game. Uh, you know, because, you know, look what happened just two years later. You know, they they win three games and they're horrible. And then a couple of years after that, you know, Charlie Weiss is gone. Um, so I go back all the way to 1993. Uh, the, the 93 team, of course, it's the middle of November. They had just beaten Charlie Ward, number one ranked Florida State, Bobby Bowden, the whole thing, number one versus number two. 
at Notre Dame Stadium. So it's like you win one more game and you play it at home and you're going to have a chance to win a national championship. They're 11-0. All they've got to do is beat Boston College in their last regular season game at home to finish off a perfect season. Of course, it didn't happen. We know that. David Gordon's 41-yard field goal beats the Irish 41-39. to So instead of playing in a bowl with a national championship on the line, they go to the Cotton Bowl, beat Texas A&M and Florida State, whose only loss was to Notre Dame, and uh, Florida State ends up claiming the championship. I see someone said, okay, yeah, I was going to say, I thought I said 93. Michael was saying, yeah, first he said 91. It was 93. That's the one that you're you're thinking about. So that's the one that I would change if, uh, if I could go back and change anything. And now I'm kind of looking through and uh, I really seeing... like Jason Sackton's uh, comment that the long pass that led to the bush push, I think that was the more Kind of heartbreaking plays. They had the Dwayne Jarrett pass. Yeah, had him on their own five yard line. They just run a bubble screen essentially and run it all the way up the sideline. Like the bush push doesn't even happen. We wouldn't even be talking about it if that you know that play doesn't get them all the way down there. I know right. a lot of other things happen, but it just seemed like Notre Dame was so content with having them pinned deep down there that they lost you know they lost their concentration for two seconds and a simple bubble screen got them you know ninety yards, ninety five yards down there. Yeah, that's the one Vince and I were talking last week about the best play that we've ever seen live, the best you know college football play we've ever seen live. He said that one. It really surprised me, especially because of the way that it went. You know, so you know, you've got Matt Leinart and he he hits Jarrett and and the whole thing. You know, it just didn't quite go Notre Dame's way. Salty Virginia Peanuts is a little bit salty today. He says the Notre Dame sports moment I would change might be the hiring of Brian Kelly. And now I think that's an interesting one because, you know, again, it's one thing to have uh, some salty regards for Brian Kelly right now, 12 years later and the way he left and maybe the way he handled some different things and all that. But, you know, it's still, it's like, especially when you look at the last five years, you can't overlook, you know, the wins, (laughs) I think, you know, because look at look at Bob Davey to Tyrone Willingham to Charlie Weiss. Yeah, you had a, you know, a handful of good years in there, but it was basically a roller coaster. It was like one good year, one bad year, one good year, one bad year. And now you, you know, Brian Kelly is gone. I, I think that ultimately it is going to be better for the program, but you can't, you know, I don't think you can negate the fact that he elevated the program got the you know the program back winning at a consistent level that it hadn't seen you know since like that that uh what 88 to 93 94 area there under Lou Holtz and you know wanted an even bigger clip there at the end what do you think you know I was when you, when you first floated this idea to to me today and I was thinking about it I honestly thought I was like I bet someone is going to say that they would just erase the Brian Kelly hiring, which <laughs> I think is a little dramatic. I, I think I see where he's coming from. But like you said, I think he's just a little extra salty today. Uh, but yeah, I, I think <laughs> Brian Kelly really provide as much as you don't like the guy. You know, I, I think that he really provided a strong backbone to, to you know, the, the foundation of this program being set. And I think we would we, we ultimately have to see what happens with Marcus Freeman in the next two to three years. 
because Brian Kelly's success and Brian Kelly's, you know, he got Marcus Freeman here. So whatever comes of that, he, you know, he started that whole situation of getting Marcus Freeman here. So it's, it's almost like it can Marcus Freeman use Brian Kelly's work as a stepping stone and, and take it to that next level. Uh, and, and I hope so, but I really think we can't, you know, discredit all of the hard work and, and what Brian Kelly was able to accomplish there. I mean, not many coaches in college football can say that they had consecutive 10 win seasons like Brian Kelly did, no matter who you're playing. You know, there's there's yeah. teams that have, you know, easy, if you want to say Notre Dame has an easy schedule, there's teams that have easier schedules than Notre Dame and they're not putting up the 10 wins every year. So it's hard to win 10, get 10 win, you know, have a 10 win season, but to do it five, four or five years in a row, that's even harder. So yep. I respect what he did and I hope that he can be, like I said, be used as a stepping stone uh, to take the, the, the next step in winning a national championship. Yeah. Some other people saying, you know, Hey, they got up, Brian Kelly got him back on the right track. And even salty said, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's really 93. So uh, some other people, uh, Manti Teo destroying Alabama in 2012, uh, the 2012 national championship game. Like you were talking about the 1991 clip call on the, uh, he's referring Justin, of course, referring to uh to rocket ismail in the orange bowl against colorado and i remember being overseas in in germany and i can't remember if we actually got to see that live i think i was i think i was up you know pretty late watching that live and it's like are you kidding me it was just it 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 was just too much one of the all-time great notre dame teams and of course that punt gets called back and and uh, so instead of yet another great moment in rocket ismail Notre Dame lore, it ends up being the clip call that we all remember forever. Um, that reminds me of uh, the Florida State game. I know it's not, you know, to the same level, but that that uh, offensive pass interference that got called on Notre Dame that negated the touchdown that would have beat, I think, Florida State at Florida State. Yeah, uh, the pick fall, play, yeah. Yeah, fall 2014, that one really hurt. And that, that one hurt more because I was at a large – uh, gathering at the time in college and a lot of my friends rooted against Notre Dame just to spite me. <laughs> and we were all like, I just remember we were all in a, you know, huddled around the TV watching that moment and I go crazy. And then of course it gets called back and everyone <laughs> then gets the opportunity to, to make fun of me. So yep. not as, you know, to the same scale, but it brought up that, that moment or memory as well. Yep. Uh, what happens if, Manti Teo doesn't get catfished. Good question. And that uh, that Manti show just dropped on Netflix. And so I'm trying to get either Vince or Bobby to watch that so that we can talk about it over the next couple of days. It's two parts, and each part is one hour long. So two hours of TV viewing. I think it's Untold is uh is the name of the series and then it's it's the man Teo. so they just dropped that i've seen a couple articles start to pop up i haven't had a chance to read them yet but uh i do want to check it out i, I want to check it out and see what it's all about it looks like i remember i can't remember if you did the show with me jess it might have been bobby i played the uh the trailer for it and you know like they've got Manti Teo, you know sitting in front of the camera talking they've got jack swarbrick sitting in front of the camera talking and they've got whatever the guy's name, you know, who did the catfishing on camera. So they've got, you know, the two main people, you know, in this story 
And so I'm I'm really curious. What I did see a headline that kind of says that, you know, it's fairly sympathetic to Mantide. Like it's not a hit piece on Mantide. So I do want to watch it, and uh, hopefully we'll get that done here in the next couple of days and and be able to talk about that. Um, I did see this one in terms of what you would change for Notre Dame. Randy Moss gets in to Notre Dame, and you know that was that was kind of that was a big one back in the 90s when it was looking like Randy Moss was going to go to Notre Dame and he ends up going to Marshall because he couldn't get in. And now we've got Notre Dame and Marshall coming up here in just a few weeks in the home opener between uh, or, or for the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame and Marshall, the Thunder and Herd, coming to Notre Dame Stadium for the first time. Uh, speaking of which, we'll kind of move on from this a little bit, some other things that we want to get to in tonight's show. Um, we know the Notre Dame football schedule, and now we have you know more on game times and TV assignments because NBC released its kickoff times for all the Notre Dame home games. We got three primetime games this year, two of them at Notre Dame Stadium. First one being the Shamrock Series game, October 8th, BYU in Las Vegas, 7.30 kickoff. We pretty much knew that was going to happen, you know, like a primetime kickoff for the Shamrock Series game. Uh, I guess technically last year's was considered a Shamrock Series game, even though it was Wisconsin's home game in Chicago. So that one had a noon kickoff. But then the other two, October 15th against Stanford, November 5th against Clemson. Both of those are primetime games as well. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I like that uh, there, there was no real big surprises to me. I think you have to put the games like Stanford and Clemson uh, in the prime time. You want you want your biggest crowds. You want your biggest uh, you know attendance wise. You want the play. You want that biggest home field advantage as possible. Uh, you know, Marshall, UNLV, BC. Those are all scream kind of two thirty games. Um, and I know you as uh, and people that work in the media don't like the evening games as much because you get done <laughs> a lot later and it just means a little bit later of a night. But I feel like, you know, a they did it later night, <laughs> a lot later night. Uh, so I would say that also, you know, you have the you still have more afternoon starts in the evening games. Um, and even the one is, you know, technically in Vegas. So that's going to be starting 430 their time. So that one even makes a little bit more sense, too. But, you know, I really like that they are putting these games in the prime time. It, I, from what I remember, you know, kind of growing up, it seemed like a lot of the games, there was maybe one night game a year. I like the idea of doing more in the evening time. It seems to get the fans more engaged. It seems to get, you know, the stadium can do more things at night with the technology that they have and the board and, and all that stuff. So I think overall the fan experience is better with the nighttime games. Um, so I'm glad that they have a couple of those this season uh, for the fans. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to get primetime games every year. And when Notre Dame goes on the road, almost all of them are primetime games. So, you know, we pretty much expect every year we're going to get two primetime games. Stanford is not really deserving of primetime anymore, but yeah, who knows? Maybe they surprise us this year. But the other, <laughs> the other, the other side of it is still you got to find somebody to put in primetime. And it's not going to be Marshall, Cal, UNLV, or Boston College. Maybe Boston College. That wouldn't necessarily be a bad one, is you know, especially you get to there to the end a week before Thanksgiving, and you got Tyler Buckner and Phil Jerkovic potentially going head to head. But it's going to be Stanford instead. Um, so the, those other games, Marshall, Cal, UNLV, BC, they'll all kick off at two thirty 
they're going to televise, you know, the UNLV game is only going to be on the Peacock app, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But they're going to put all the rest of the games both on NBC and the Peacock app. I get, you know, again, I, I guess they're, you know, they're not high on an alternate broadcast type thing. But it just seems to me, if you're going to put it on the app anyway, why don't you just have an alternate broadcast team in there? You know, a la the Manning cast. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that either. It seems to they're just, you know, they're they're putting these games on Peacock. No one wants to watch the games on Peacock. So if you know that those, you know, two things are true that you, you know, you have to almost have these games are Peacock or you're going to do it no matter what. Why don't you do something that makes it more fun to draw some sort of, you know, interest into the Peacock Peacock app itself? Uh, but when you have you have, you know, the games go to Peacock and no one wants to watch them on Peacock and then you kind of have something that doesn't, you know, bring any excitement or anything else than the, the normal NBC broadcast. then yeah, it, it just it, it seems like a waste to me. You have to do something to make it more fun. I think it would be nice to have someone of, you know, Notre Dame graduate and ex-football player along with, you know, maybe another. I would be OK with two, you know, two football players or maybe a football player and a Notre Dame graduate, something like that. To yeah. just spice it up a little bit. I think you could do so much more with it if you're going to have to have these things on Peacock, I guess is what I'm getting to. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I've been beating the drum. I've been beating the drum. <laughs> Chi-Town jumping in just in time. The Styers cast with Sean and Jesse. Sure, we'll take it on. <laughs> I think then, Peacock would hire us. Yeah, why not? I mean, you might as well. You got nothing else going on over there right now, <laughs> right? Uh, AP poll. Here's what it looks like for Notre Dame and some of the Notre Dame opponents. Ohio State is second. Clemson is fourth. Notre Dame fifth. BYU 25th. In terms of Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, their rankings are exactly the same as they are in the coaches' poll. BYU in at number 25. So, you know, a nice, healthy schedule Notre Dame's got there. A couple of top five matchups and number 25 BYU coming into the season as well. Yeah, I, I read the, the first time I saw kind of the, you know, the AP pool come out, I saw that Notre Dame is, you know, going against uh, three three ranked teams. And I'm, I'm not sure, did USC sneak in there as well? Or are they just on the outside? It could could potentially be uh, a fourth team. I don't know where USC landed. I thought I saw them uh, ranked in there too. But it's just that getting back to my original point is, uh, I, you know, first thing I thought of is the, the number one thing that people like to say about Notre Dame is the week schedule. Yet, you know, the, the preseason polls, I get it's the preseason. You can't really – you know, see, see how the, the season's going to shake out, but they're setting themselves up to play. You know, they're putting themselves in, in a situation to play these harder teams that, you know, quote unquote, they don't play. So I think that they, they have uh, the potential to show a lot this year that obviously with, you know, number two, Ohio state to open the season, that's two versus five, no matter what first game of the year, obviously things could change by the time they play Clemson, but that could potentially be, you know, a, a top five matchup, top 10 matchup, and then BYU's the kind of the wild card. You don't know what's going to happen with them, but you know, hopefully that can be another ranked matchup because 
anything, anytime that Notre Dame can consistently play, you know, have ranked teams on the schedule, it always kills that argument of, oh, well, they don't, you know, they don't play a strong schedule. So I'm looking forward to that game. I know you have the USC thing, um, but, you know. USC is 14th. USC is 14th. Somehow I overlooked them. I didn't have them on my list. So. so then you have USC in there. So that's four AP teams. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a that's a healthy you know third of the schedule that uh, that is that is ranked in the preseason. I think that's pretty good when it comes to, to schedule strength. And you know, just before we got on here today, I I saw a one of the biggest nerd name haters, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, someone mentioned <laughs> me, the guy who continuously just I don't know what it is, but I don't think I've ever heard him say one good thing about Notre Dame. And, you know, sometimes I get it, it's warranted, uh, you know, but it, I saw him today say that, you know, Notre Dame constantly gets hyped up and ranked too high by the, the media and the AP polls and they never, you know, live up to the expectation and they shouldn't even be in the top 10. And okay, I get it. Notre Dame has struggled against, you know, some of these bigger matchup, Alabama, Clemson type games, Ohio state, and, you know, the big bowl games in the past, but they they finish in the top 10 most of the seasons that they're ranked high. It's, yes. Yes, I do. get it. They're not. It. I. It just seems like to to the fault Paul Feinbaum's of the world. It's like national championship or bust. Like they still have good seasons. They still are. You know, a top ten team. You know, year in and year out. So, I. I like the schedule. I like the matchups that they have, and I like the the competitiveness. We're really going to see. You know what this team is made of. Playing a lot of these quality teams this year. Yeah, just because you don't win a national championship and maybe you lose a lopsided game in the semifinal doesn't mean you're not still deserving of being in the top five or the you know top six or or top ten. I mean, you know, Notre Dame was on the bubble just outside the top ten going into last season, and look where they ended up. And you know, again, I felt like there were bigger questions going into last year than there are this year. Now there are concerns, obviously this year and we know all about them especially after Avery Davis's injury you know there there are questions there are concerns quarterback still got to play got to see the offensive line get better I know it will though but I just feels like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something you know had a bad donut in the morning and decided it was time to rail on Notre Dame because it's it's an easy thing to do rail on Notre Dame all right that's going to do it for Tonight, IB Nation Sports Talk again. Don't forget, like, rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. Appreciate you. As always, we will talk to you on tomorrow's show on IB Nation Sports Talk.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.